the American Theatre Wing, and the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts bring you the American Theatre Wing's Guide to Careers in the Theatre. This session, The Costume Designer. Hello, I'm Pia Lindstrom with the American Theatre Wing, and with me is costume designer Jane Greenwood. Jane Greenwood has won 12 Tony nominations, the Irene Shaft Award, the two Lucille Lortel Awards, and she has designed for more, more than, I guess, what, 300 plays? Oh, I don't begin to count. <laughs> Many <laughs> plays. Among them, The Dinner Party, A Boon for the Misbegotten, A Delicate Balance, Masterclass, Passion, and she's also a professor at Yale University. You come well qualified. What exactly do you design? Well, that's a very loaded question. Um, people think that uh, costume design has to do with, uh, with designing clothes. And on one level, it does. But there's also the, uh, the very important factor of what you are designing for and who you're designing for and whether it's a play or a musical or a dance or an opera, you are involving the audience in a story about people. And you have to know who those people are before you can really begin to think about even what their clothes are. You have to know where they are and the, the kind of uh, life they lead and what they do to be able to what to reflect what they wear, and I think that that uh, if people think it's just about clothing, mm -hmm. it's so much more. It's about uh, being very interested in people. Mm. It's about caring that people are uh, comfortable in what they're in, because you're always going to be dealing with. Uh, performers who maybe have to do some very difficult things in the clothes that they're wearing. Uh, you have to uh, know what kind of fabrics are going to reflect on the stage, on the screen, in movement, um, with the scenery. Uh, it's constantly a collaboration. Who do you collaborate uh, with? Well, First, you collaborate with the director. The director is the person who is going to tell you where he would like to see this piece, how he would like the people to perform, what he's going to need of his actors. And when the director begins to talk, you hear where it needs to be set, where you need to go and look. If it's a period play, are we going to do it in the period that it's set? Or are we going to update it and say, oh, it's the Merry Wives of Windsor, but we'll do it in Texas? And those things are very important to know before you even begin to open a book and pick up a pencil, because you've got to sort of find the place and the people. What is the first thing that you want, that you need to know? Well, so after I 
meet a director and he talks about the play and talks about the people and talks about where he would like it all to be. Then I go away and look at these places, this period, this time, and uh, come back and say, look at this, look at this, wouldn't this be exciting? Do you like this? Could we go there? Do you read the play itself? Yes, many times. I think that you have to know the piece very well before you can really start to design for it. So I, I look very carefully at the play. So when you read a play, you have to look at the mood of the play? Yes. And you know, the first time I read a play, I just read it and, 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 and absorb what the story is and who the people are. But then I go back again, and you will find that so many times writers give you such clues to who people are. They will tell you about their likes and dislikes. They sometimes describe how they look. Mm -hmm. uh, other people may tell you about them and tell you how they look. There may be uh, many demands needed for a scene that an actor has to come in with a great many things that he has to have on his person. And you may find that they unfold during the scene. So this actor or actress has to have maybe a coat that has many pockets and <laughs> clothes that can be suitable for carrying a lot of things around. So already your limitations for how you design those clothes are being governed by what the play tells you. So, and then you have the age of the people. And the age and the sex, the involvement, and sometimes you have a very elaborate period and you have many people in the play. And there are perhaps two or three people who really are, uh, you see all the time, all the way through the play. Well, it's wonderful to uh, have these characters who come and go in wild, exotic clothes. But sometimes it's more difficult for the ones who are telling the story. And they need to be a little simpler mm -hmm. to be able to change moods as they go through the play. And so your flights of wild <laughs> fancy should be saved, really, for the, the, the ebb and flow and not bombarded all through the piece. And then the colors have to blend with each other. You, yes, I guess you or, can't be designing different. Or against each other. Ah. I mean, we, we have always... Uh, you will say, oh, everything should be very harmonious. And then you think, but this person should be wildly out of sorts with ah, everybody else. I see. And maybe if all the colors are different and jarring, it will be more interesting. So you have to do a lot of research on periods and have to know. Yes. Different periods? Is that? Yes. Tell me about the research that you have well, to do. It's considerable. Mm -hmm. And I think it's. Um, I think it's wonderful to be um, always looking at specific books with primary research rather than other people's drawings of research. Uh, if there's a wonderful painter that you like, well, 
look at his painting and look at many of his paintings. Um, it doesn't, uh, you don't find the research just uh, in one place. You sometimes have to go a lot of different places. And you can see um, in museums, which I, I mean, I love going to museums, and you'll go to one museum and you'll see a collection of Egyptian art, and then you'll go to another museum and see some other things, and you'll go somewhere else and see something else. So you keep adding to your knowledge, and it isn't ever in just one place. And I think that's one of the wonderful things, that when you work in, in the theatre and you work on, in plays, reading plays and, and designing for them, you're always learning new things, and you're always going in your mind to different places. And what are some of the skills you need? Do you need to know how to draw? Well, yes, because mm. drawing is the instrument. It's the instrument to have uh, a dialogue with a director. It's an instrument to be able to show um, an actor how his proportion can be changed or how the garments are going to affect him. I don't know that you have to be able to draw like an illustrator, mm -hmm. but you have to make clear your ideas. And really, designing is about ideas mm -hmm. and what you want to say about that person or that period. And you don't always have to do it um, accurately. You can use a period as a um, jumping-off point, and then maybe it will be uh, modified or simplified, or uh, you might look at Elizabethan period and then decide to make it all in a very interesting um, set of modern fabrics. It doesn't necessarily have to be slavishly copied. The designer has the imagination to uh, use everything. I mean, designers are a bit like sponges. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of the characteristics of a designer? <laughs> what, are, what are the other characteristics? You're a sponge? <laughs> you go to well, museums? Yes, you're a, you're a detective because oh. you have to catch things and find things and ferret things out. You know, all those photographs and pictures aren't always just readily available for all the people you want to look at. And perhaps you, um, you need to go and find something, and it takes detective work. What about psychology? I mean, clothes are sometimes symbolic. Well, okay. yes. I think, I think the psychology goes in, in uh, convincing people that the clothes are actually the right clothes for the, for the particular character and that you want them to wear them and uh, you don't want them changed. You want them the way you've designed them. So you Sometimes, have to get along with the actors. This well, is yes. part of what you have to yeah. do. They have to trust you? How do you develop this relationship? Well. I'm not quite sure how you develop it except by perseverance. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe it's one of the skills a designer has, has. is to 
help the actors feel I comfortable in the clothes. I think if you, you need to make people feel comfortable in the clothes, but they need to trust that you're going to make them look as well as they possibly can for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Even if you're making them look ugly, mm -hmm. they have to believe that it is the right way and the, and the correct way for that particular part that they're playing. And when you touch people's bodies, actors, it's a kind of intimate relationship, yes. I would think. It's very, it's very much a, 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 a close personal relationship. I remember one actor years ago saying to me, oh, here I am, I'm telling you that this shoulder is higher than this shoulder and that this foot is a little curious the way it turns in and all these things. He said, you know, it's like going to the confessional. <laughs> I thought, well. Well, I'm sure you know many uh, intimate details about people yes. if you're doing their undergarments and their slips and their stockings and their shoes and, and so on. Isn't this kind of personal? Yes. But you know, I noticed something very interesting. When you start off a play with actors, they are always uh, avid for, your, for the information you can mm -hmm. give them. Mm -hmm. They love to look at the research with you and you talk about the furniture and the way the people moved in mm -hmm. the clothes and how they sit and stand and those things. And I find that there's tremendous interest. And uh, I, I find that when I go to um, uh, maybe the first reading, I will take a lot of, of pictures that are related to who these people are or mm -hmm. research of the period. And I notice that they all love to go and look at all these pictures and are very excited about it. And I will find that through the, um, the rehearsal period, you will very often have calls early in the morning. Well, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about that. What about this hairstyle? Do you think it should be this? Do you think it should be that? What about that sleeve? Could it be longer? Should it be slow? And all these questions that are the relationship between the designer and the actor during the period of, of when the play is being formed. And I find that as they become more confident, more assured, more knowledgeable, easier about the part, as things, other things begin to happen, I find the phone calls are less. Ah. And there's a sort of parting it's 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 just sort of a slight parting, but there is a difference. Once the confidence is there, mm -hmm. there isn't as much need to to have the the anchor of the designer because everything else has gone on and it, and it's the, they've taken it over. What about if you have to have something rip or tear or, um, or you change costumes quickly? I mean, it can't be that there are buttons on things. Well, you, you have, have to, to do Velcro on Velcro. clothes. And it can be very uh, complicated, but it should look effortless. The trick is for the audience not to know. Um, I did a, a production last season of Wendy Wasserstein's Old Money, and the uh, characters 
changed back and forth very quickly mm -hmm. from modern dress to period dress. And uh, they had to completely change wigs and shoes and everything. And they waltzed on stage and they waltzed off stage and then they came back as different characters. Whoa. And when we first started <laughs> in the Vams, because they were changing the Vams, they couldn't go any further. Um, you would hear this terrible kind of ripping noise, <laughs> and they had to put the sound up a beat to cover oh, to the cover noise of all the, the Velcro. Velcro being it was ripped like all these clothes were being ripped off. So in off. the wings, everybody's ripping their clothes yes, up and putting, and putting on the new ones. Back on. Oh, you, how do you take care of your clothes? I mean, well, you worry. have people who. And do are you that. in charge of those people? Well, uh, the wardrobe supervisor on every sh show there is a. Mm -hmm. Wardrobe supervisor who takes care of what happens to the clothes backstage. Do you hire that person? Or are you in No, the theater or the company uh, hires the person, but invariably there is a relationship I between see. a designer and a wardrobe okay. supervisor, and um, people like to work with each other, you know, over the years. And you must have other relationships, that is, with the lighting? With the a lighting man, designer. Woman? And <laughs> Whatever. I mean, until you have the lights on, you have nothing. <laughs> and so it's very important what the lights are going to be. So you have to discuss uh, who, who, oh. is, who has the final say when you are discussing with the lighting man. Do you say, there's too much light, my fabric doesn't look good? I don't say there's too much light. I say, can you help me? I feel that this isn't looking the way it should, and diplomacy, I'm not sure. Then you need the next well, thing is diplomacy. <laughs> diplomacy is very helpful. I see. It's 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 a very collaborative field. And the sets. What if there's stairs well, and people climbing people ladders? People have to and go up and down stairs. I remember when um, Cherry Jones was. Uh, in the heiress, and she had to go up a flight of stairs with a crinoline, full skirt, and and um, carrying a lamp, and <laughs> and she was very nervous about uh, going up the stairs. And I said, well, you know, you just pick up a little at the front, and don't be nervous. The the hoop is going to keep you from falling on your feet. And it will go forward. But you but didn't give her high heels at the same time, well, did you? Well, the period doesn't really oh, need uh, high heels, so yes. that was fortunate. But don't you have to sometimes modify for the abilities well, of people to navigate? Yes, yes. But you do as close as you need to, and then persevere. And I always think if somebody can, if you can have somebody uh, maneuver once, then Twice is easier, and three times it's a piece of cake. So you have to give people the confidence to, to really try that mm -hmm. first time, whether it's a very, very long, long garment that you have to move in, or whether it's terribly, terribly short and you're terrified <laughs> what you're going to show. Right, the lingerie Whatever. or something you have to design. And then maybe it's shows. nice that the lingerie shows. Right. <laughs> I hear we've just had a curtain call with ladies all <laughs> yes, in lingerie. Yes, I have. I know that. Yes, yes, yes. The women, yes. it's called. Yes, yes exactly. So uh, Now, are you in charge of the hair and the wigs? Is this something well, you oversee? that is 
uh, an area that, uh, and a very skillful part of the uh, design, that um, there is always a, a wig master or a wig designer, wig hair designer. And um, there are, you know, lots of very extraordinary people in this area, but uh, the one that comes to mind, of course, is, is Paul Huntley, who for many, many years has, has worked in the theatre and designed wigs. And he is a master, and he's, he's so wonderful at the collaboration of looking at the period, and he will look at the research, and he will say, oh, yes, darling, and we'll just give her a little, a little more lift here and a little there, which in a way is talking about how to make the style work for who is going to wear it. But who has the final say? If you, if you say, yes, but that little hair doesn't work with my dress, which is going to have a very right, low right. décolleté, and I want more hair. Yes, well then I say, well, but this is this very specific character. Okay. Now how can we get this to work? <laughs> so, in other words, you, de you, de you help decide. Yes, yes. I think you have, an over you have to have an overall picture mm -hmm. of what people are going to look like. But within the framework of that, I think it behooves you to trust experts in their various fields. You have here a book that you did for Major Barbara. This is the Bible of the, uh, of the co right. costume designer. Can we look at it a little mm -hmm. bit? Is this, I mean, this is how you do your research or explain well, what, what this you've is got just, going here? This is a book that has a lot of things going on in it. Yes. Um, it has some drawings. Right. Um, there's a drawing of Major Barbara. Yes. Just move it a little bit here. And then um, there is um, a drawing with her with the jacket off. Mm -hmm. There are pictures here in the in the costume shop right. where the dress is on the dress form. This, of course, is the time when a designer can poke around and push about and say, put that button there, lift that there, right. do that there, and the actor isn't there. Having to stand and and suffer all that. So, so here you, you can have your swatches. Of then fabrics. these are fabrics that are used for for the um, for the garment and mm -hmm. the, and the different color and the braid. And this is all put in a book so that uh, people who do the shopping um, can put these swatches. They know where it comes from. Mm -hmm. uh, we know how wide the fabric is you know how much it costs. And then if you do a show where the play or, or the musical, whatever, runs for a long time uh, and ha the garment has to be replaced, you go back uh. to this page, you know where the fabric was bought, and you can look at the, you can look at the muslin sometimes. Mm -hmm. All these different swatches tell you the story. Then you see the, the muslin fitting. Mm -hmm. Here's uh, Cherry Jones in her skirt and blouse in the fitting room. There's a. Let me uh, just move this a little bit. This there. More pictures of mm -hmm. her. And here is some of your drawings, yes, presumably. So you a, do do a, a little sketch. bit of drawing with the yes, fabrics. Yes. Now, where do you go to find all these fabrics? Do you dye them yourself? And well, they are 
in many, many different stores, many different fabric stores. And I always say that the, really the, the, the fabric makes the garment. If you have the right fabric, then the clothes seem to work. But if you have the wrong kind of fabric. So one of the skills you have to have is, first of all, knowing where to buy fabrics and then knowing right. how to judge how fabrics will hang. And there are people who are, uh, have um, uh, in the profession who are shoppers who will go and you will oh. say, I want something in this color green that, that is very soft and drapey so that it will make all these lovely But in folds. the beginning when you started, didn't you have to go and do that yourself? Oh, well, yes. And, and then you later I still on, do. Oh, you I, still I do. I still love to go into fabric stores because they give you ideas. I, I think fabrics are very helpful for looking at, uh, right. uh, to sort of get an idea of what you'd like to use. Now, I'm going to show you something that was very interesting. And then you have a measurement chart here, mm -hmm. which oh, again has the measure. Yes, I know. You don't need to, you don't <laughs> need to look. How much does she weigh? No. No, no. Don't tell. <laughs> but of this was not. a dress yes. that I actually found, uh, this one, mm -hmm. at Doyle's um, Auction yes. Gallery. Mm -hmm. And it's a dress of the period. Oh, I and see. So you can find... I went to the auction, uh, to look at the exhibition, because I thought it would be interesting to see what they had there that was of 1907. Right, right, right. So sometimes you buy clothes... And sometimes you can buy them and copy them. But this oh. one was, I, I was going sorry, to say, was sorry. particularly interesting, right. because this was the real dress. Mm -hmm. And then we took it apart. Ah. Because it was all, all the silk inside of it was destroyed. Oh. And also, when you looked at it, you really couldn't see all the beautiful lace because it, it was cream on cream. So then I took, when it was taken apart at Eric Winterling's, who was a costume shop I used many times. This was it before it was all taken apart. Mm -hmm. Then if you turn back the next page, and the next one. You see, there it is with a darker lining underneath. I see. And I so see. you could see it forward. from the stage, which uh, meant you didn't lose all the pattern of the I lace. See. See. But with it the way it was, it was. You mentioned the costume shop. Uh, you work, you have your office in a costume shop, or where do you keep your office? I have a studio at home. You have, oh, at home you work out of your home? Yes, and I have um, a, a, a drawing studio and where I keep all my books and research. And, and when I'm working on the play, when I'm designing, I usually do that at the studio at home. And then you, you put out a bid? How then, is that done? Then um, you have to uh, take sketches to a costume shop and have a bid. And they will go through everything that's on your drawing and tell you how much it's going to cost. And if it is enough in the first place that you go, which may be your favorite shop to work in, um, then you can go ahead. But if there is a very small amount of money and you have to sort of really 
budget very closely. Perhaps you will take the sketches to several costume shops and then maybe some people will be able to make them a little less expensively, some people will do some things, some people will do others, and you eventually get it within what your budget is. And who gives you your budget? The producer. And then through the uh, company manager, you talk about how you can save a little here, spend a little there. And usually there's a separate budget for um, hair, for wigs. Um, then if you're doing a musical, there always needs to be a budget for shoes, oh. which is considerable, particularly if there's a lot of dancing in the musical because people have to have special shoes made, have to be comfortable, have to be repaired, re replaced. So that comes in under another umbrella. Have you ever said, I'm sorry, that budget won't do? I yes, all the time. <laughs> There's never <laughs> enough money. So you have to argue with the producer a bit and say, uh, yes. I, I need more. Yes, so it you can negotiate. be very difficult negotiating. Yes, you have to. And you have to learn how to spend, you know, uh, wisely. Yeah, if you can use certain things for characters that are not going to be on very, very much or very quickly, uh, if there's going to be a costume that isn't going to get as much wear, mm -hmm. you can sometimes manage to buy things or. When you started, did, did, how did you, did you sew them yourself, the costumes? Well, I loved sewing when I was young. And um, I, I think, uh, you know, if I think about where this all started, um, um, I was evacuated during the war with my grandmother. We went to North Wales. And um, she was a great sewer. And she, uh, my dolls, dresses and clothes and various things. I think at one point I had a doll's hospital and they all had to have pajamas and nightgowns and she was very busy making them all these things. And I loved to help and do that then. But I think on reflection that I was much uh, more interested in telling her what I wanted them to have than I was actually doing the sewing. But then, that's, so now we know where the seeds of this inspiration came from. It was the Dolls Hospital. Yes, the Dolls Hospital. Yeah, that's, that's good. And, and then when you started, I mean, how, you, did you have to do the sewing yourself? And, or you went to shops and found things? Well, and I, I went, um, after I went to, left college, I went to the Central School of Arts and Crafts in London. And um, I was very fortunate. People like Nora Waugh were still alive and teaching there, who was a great expert in the underpinnings that go on underclothes, which give the shape of things. Oh. And she was an extraordinary teacher. Do you teach that in your, in your yes. classes, the yes. underpinnings? Yes, if you don't have the right shape underneath, it doesn't look right on top. <laughs> This is the undergarment class. Yes, <laughs> very necessary for many periods of history. Because of corsets uh -huh. and bustles. Uh -huh. and, and all corsets, are, as you go through history, are different silhouettes. 
And it's the silhouette all the time that you have to keep looking at, seeing if it's, if it's right. And if the silhouette looks right, the, it takes on the aura of the age magnificently. Does this give you a kind of thrill to see yes, a, 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 it does. the aura of the age? It does. <laughs> so <laughs> what is the pleasure of it for you? Well, because it looks right, and they look like clothes, and they don't jar. Mm. They, they fit in. In other words, they're not really costumes. They shouldn't look like costumes. Right, they're just clothes they of another like period. They look like clothes of another period. And that's what everything is, really. Well, yes, except that it has to define the character as yes, well, so yes. it's a little more complicated than just putting on a skirt Absolutely. And, and sweater. Yeah. If you had to advise somebody who thought they might be interested in being a costume designer, what would you say they should study? Life, first. Looking at people. Mm -hmm. Looking at how... Uh, Different things coming together can make exciting shapes and colors. Mm -hmm. Looking at why people wear things. Well, I, <laughs> I'm, I have to confess, people are always saying, oh, I had to wait for four hours at the airport, and, and I'm always intrigued. I love watching people. I love sort of trying to pretend that I know who they are, what they are, what they do looking at the way people put clothes together. I think all of that's very important. Mm -hmm. I think you have to be interested in literature. I think you have to be interested in reading about history. I think you have to uh, be a psychologist. I think that point that you made about uh, working with actors, being understanding. Maybe one should take an acting class. Acting classes couldn't hurt. I mean, it, it's very, uh, it, it, in a way, it is a kind of performance. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's always a different performance because it's always a different situation. Different people behave differently. But it would be good to know what it felt like, I guess, to be on a stage dressed. Yes. I think a lot of people who come into this profession have yearnings to do things involved with the theater. I used to love going to the theater and seeing. I was particularly impressed with the ballet. I can remember going to see Margot Fontaine and Robert Heltman dancing and they would dance for matinees and evening performances and go on tour all over England and it was very thrilling and I thought that, that everything they wore was so beautiful mm -hmm. and uh, it transported me to a, a magical place. Their stories in the ballet mm -hmm. were always so romantic and... Did you, have you designed for ballet companies as not well? Not very much. But, but opera. I, I have for the opera, yes. And, um, and I've worked with Martha Clark, who is a very interesting director, choreographer, who uh, I find very challenging. 
to work with. Well, if people have to dance in the dresses, that's or really move. difficult. Yes, yes. I would and think. Sometimes it can be more difficult than others. You know, because not always uh, these days, it seems that, that, the, that the trend for dancers wearing clothes that look like real clothes rather than these oh. ballet stretch things. Like tights, instead of wearing tights, yes. the men are wearing Yes, uh, like suits. trousers. And, <laughs> yes. yes, and so how that works. And because they can't be real suits, so they would rip immediately. Well, yes, but within the... <laughs> They have really big, heavy seams in there so they can yes, do the splits. They have to be cut in such a way that they are in the right place on the body. Mm -hmm. They're high enough up or, you know, wherever it is that the, they need to give, they give. And then, of course, opera singers, you have the problem of size. I mean... Well, but so the, many now, opera singers are... are getting svelte? Svelte. I went to see... Um, Renee Fleming, Narabella, and I thought how beautiful she looked and how beautifully she moved. And but historically, they have been larger and not moved very much. No. So they, they, they and there still are those problems there are those many problems. times. I mean, I know you can name one, but <laughs> <laughs> and we're happy for her. But let's face it, and the men too, very often, don't they just stand there yes, and yes. in something large? <laughs> yes, but you hope that... Mm -hmm. that uh, you hope that it can work. Mm -hmm. I think that, that, that even when people are, have a significant girth, um, the, uh, the, um, what they have on should, should, should sort of enhance mm -hmm. them. I went to see the Tristan at the Met last season, and, and the two leading singers were quite... Mm, Robust. Large, robust proportions. <laughs> but they looked wonderful. They looked like statues. So they were well-dressed. Yes, and they looked like sort of wonderful Henry Moore sculptures. I kept thinking they look so strong and satisfying. Well, it was good. W women might look like real women in the sense of not yes, being and they were not supermodels. No, they were, they were the, the proportions and the shapes they made together was very satisfying. I, is it more interesting to dress uh, a, a very slender young woman or somebody with wide hips and a little different shape? Or is it more interesting when they're... Well, everything is. Mm. They're all interesting. <laughs> <laughs> And does anybody ever say to you, I hate this? Take yes, it off. I hate yes, it. Yes. I won't wear this. I won't be seen in this. They do? Well, <laughs> it's been known. <laughs> I can't bear it, I've heard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, then you have to say, well, now, what can we do? Where together. can we do? What can we do together, together. to get <laughs> this? If you were advising schools uh, for young people to go to, what sort of a school after they'd finished? say high school? Well, I think if, if they're interested um, in, in, I think it's good to go and have a liberal arts education, to read a lot of plays, to, to find out about yourself, mm. to find out what you really, your strengths are, to draw everything that you are fascinated by. 
whether it's a beautiful flower or a piece of furniture or a person or a whatever that comes into your eye that you find fascinating. Then how do you um, get a job? I mean, after you've done this liberal arts education, well, is there a costume be, training center or apprentice then you have, um, I think that there are um, uh, regional theaters that uh, have apprentices that, um, or interns mm -hmm. that will go and maybe uh, start working as an in-house um, shopper or as, a, or as an assistant to a designer. Or at one of these costume shops that you mentioned? And then you can go to a costume shop and maybe work, maybe if you're good at sewing, you can go and uh, work in, in a costume shop. Mm -hmm. But again, that takes a little specialization. So after you've started the liberal arts, if you can then, along with that, always take the opportunity of working on any theatre project mm -hmm. that you can. If they want work-study to help with the sewing, work-study helping with the scene painting, mm -hmm. uh, going and, and, and acting, all of the things that are allied to what the craft is about. I think that's a very good start. You're a member of a union? Yes, there's um, uh, United Scenic Artists. Do they have apprentice programs? 29, and they are having an apprentice program. And that is for people who are coming out of school. Mm -hmm. So that that is uh, an area where people can, can go uh, if they really uh, feel that they're interested. Is there a fee, a, a flat union I think, I think, scale for I pay? I think to be an... Uh, um, Oh, for an apprentice? Mm -hmm. Or a beginning designer. What, a beginning does it, what designer, can a costume designer earn? A, be, a beginning costume designer, there is a basic fee that uh, is for, and it's different levels. Uh, if you work in a Lord B theater, which is mm -hmm. quite, you know, a, uh, regional theater, it can be $500. If it's a... Would you repeat that, 500 dollars or a oh, thousand. Five. Oh, I see, I see. Right. Uh, if it's, um, if it's um, um, law theatre, it goes up to like 4,000 okay. uh, a week, a month, a, a, month. a, a, a production. A production, sorry. okay. <laughs> um, then when you get to Broadway, it gets into um, bigger fees, sort of for a basic play you may start and you, all of these figures are negotiable. The, the base rate that the union has is around 9,000 for a play. For the production. Depending mm -hmm. upon the number of people in mm -hmm. the play. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you realize that you work for several weeks, um, maybe more than several weeks on just designing before the play goes into production. And then they invariably rehearse for four weeks. Uh, then maybe you have a week of technical rehearsals. Uh, and then maybe when previews, you have to be around to see the previews. There's a lot of work involved. And you go to all the rehearsals and preview performances? I don't go to all the rehearsals, but 
during the rehearsal period, the clothes are usually being made. So you're in the costume shop, and maybe you go check out what's going on at rehearsal because, of course, you learn a lot about. And I think it's very important to keep a very good relationship with the stage manager. Because the stage manager will always call you up and you say, you know, somebody's going to need such and such because they're throwing this all over the stage, and I think you should know. <laughs> or they ripped something We're up. going to need something because that's being ripped every night. Whatever that is, the relationship is good to have with the stage manager. And then you must need a relationship with the people in these costume shops. There are Absolutely. dyers and Absolutely. trimmers and what are, what are all a, the occupations there? It's a there? huge, huge uh, area of people. And uh, it's an area where m people can go into on many different levels. I mean, there are painters. Um, they paint fabric? Paint fabrics, dyers, embroiderers. Um, Trimmers? Tri de yes, people who are just finishing, stitching, and hand what's, what's stitching. What's a draper? Now, a draper is a person who looks at one of these sketches and s takes some muslin and drapes the garment on a dress form to look like what you've drawn in your sketch. Yes. And then you go and look at it. And, I mean, there is the, there is some very... Uh, interesting question because the draper really takes the sketch and turns it into the third dimension mm. because it's going mm -hmm. to move from just being a picture on a piece of paper to actually being something that is a shape in space. But it's not the real fabric. It's, it's done not in usually the real fabric. It's, it's a muslin. Or they call it a muslin. It can sometimes oh. be done in muslin. Sometimes it's done in crepe if it needs to be soft. But it's always called but a it's muslin. it's always called a muslin. And then... And you put that on the actor? Yes, yes. Then you have the actor and you put it on and then you can do all those pencil lines and say, oh, uh -huh. higher here, lower uh -huh. there, uh -huh. buttons here. And it's sort of like having a, 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 a picture yeah, to yeah. fill in. Huh. So and you can look at the fabrics with the actor and say, now this is, it's not going to be this beige, it's going to be this beautiful brocade, or it's going to be... And I suppose that depends on what they're standing against. I mean, you and have to talk you to have the to, set designer. You have to look at the set very carefully and uh, know what you're in for in terms of what the background is. So who does the design first, the, the well, set designer or the costume it's designer? very often the set designer. And sometimes it's in collaboration. Um, um, Ming Chow Lee and I are working right now on um, two productions, actually. Uh, the Moliere plays that Brian Bedford's directing for the Mark Taper, and um, Anthony and Cleopatra that Mark Lemos is directing at the Guthrie Theatre, Minneapolis. And so we have sp spent a lot of time talking about both these productions with the directors. Now with the Moliere plays, the first one is uh, going to be set against a very, very, very bright green background. And it's uh, challenging. <laughs> so you have to think about how the colors are going to look of the costumes in front of this very strong green. 
and uh, talking to the uh, lighting designer, Stephen Strawbridge, who um, looked at Ming's set and then I went away and came back and we had some very bright colors for the costumes and then he thinks about how he is going to make this story all come together and, and how he will light it. If you uh, had to look at the other costume designers that you know, what are some of their qualities? What kind of people are they that go into your line? Well, they're very individual people, and they're very committed people. Um, I, I think that, that it is, it's a career that you, you, you have to have a passion for. It is something that doesn't let go of you easily. You, it's very hard to turn off when you're in the middle. I think um, William Ivy Long, who is a very extraordinary designer, and uh, at the moment I think he has oh, six or seven productions of Broadway. Um, and I run into him, uh, uh, he lives very close to him, and um, I'll run into him in the morning and he's obviously thinking about something and concentrating on something and we both have our few moments and go on and I think, oh, it's always, it's a lot of, a lot of thinking, a lot of connecting one thing to another. So it's consuming. Consuming. In some ways. Mm -hmm. And you have to love the theater, I suppose. Yes. You have to love the process. Mm -hmm have to love them. It's very thrilling. Is it? First time you see the curtain go up, it's very thrilling. <laughs> you never forget that? No. No? At this, <laughs> this, that. <laughs> well, you, you've mentioned traveling. I mean, you go to different cities, so a, a costume yeah. designer has to be willing to move around. Yes. It's another... Pick up and go. Pick up and go. Mm-hmm. And how many productions could you have? At, at one time running in different cities? Well, you, you try and do one at, I mean, one at a time. Mm -hmm. But you know, uh, very often you'll take a project and then somebody else asks you to do something else and it's going to be later and then they go earlier <laughs> and those things have a way of sometimes getting complicated. but. I find that it's always very good to have one key assistant on every production. And they are like the captain. Mm -hmm. And they keep, they keep track of everything. They keep track of fittings and how you, where you go to fitting. If you've got to be at one costume shop in the morning and one mm -hmm. in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. and where you have to be at what time. As well as um, helping to keep track of what you have to choose in the way of fabrics and what you have to talk to drapers about. And, mm -hmm. and if you have a key person on each production, well, they will say, hey, you've mm -hmm. got to come and concentrate on this and we have to 
We have to make these decisions. Do you have to travel around to the companies that are playing in other places and be sure their costumes yeah. are all right? Sometimes. I mean, if a, sh a show travels and they have new people going in, you want to go and see. If a show's been running for a very long time and somebody else goes in, if you can't go, maybe you send the assistant mm -hmm. who has been with that production for a long time. And don't they get shabby after a while, the, the costumes? And are well, you, then are you the wa you, that's why you have wonderful wardrobe supervisors who keep them in great shape. Well, if they don't, and if then they you don't, have to make another one? Well, They um, only get one costume. Yes. Oh, or if it's a long run, that could be a problem. If it's a long run, uh, sometimes they replace them. But you know, for the theater, the cost of uh, costumes is very, it's very expensive to have one. With the movies, when they are doing things that have to be shot over and over, and maybe they're going to need fall in the water, <laughs> set on fire, well, <laughs> you have to have many. And that in itself can present a problem because you've sometimes got to have more than you can then, find. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's that wonderful story about the... Um, show up for Harrison Ford on a movie that Gary Jones was designing and they found a shirt on 14th Street and the director loved the shirt and they only had one and he was going to wear it for a great deal of the movie and they had to send it back in its own seat. They were filming in Belize and they had to send the shirt back to, I think it was Miami and have it, the fabrics screened and copied and the shirts all made. So this one shirt that they bought on 14th Street for maybe $7.99 <laughs> when they'd finished <laughs> was astronomical. So your profession can go to television or film yes. as well? Yes. So there are other places to take this beside yes. the theater. Another wonderful designer who works in the theater and, and certainly in the movies, many movies, is Anne Roth, mm -hmm. who uh, I think is a very fine designer who keeps, keeps doing the work that she does with great, great sort of standards. Mm -hmm. Do you still have a doll hospital? You still so for Well, my granddaughter, <laughs> who is three, I'm hoping to uh, encourage her to have a doll hospital. <laughs> so you, maybe she can be your assistant. This could work out. Do you? Uh, no, not you, yet. Do, but you, you would f see somebody perhaps and train that person to be an yes, assistant. Yes. So that's another. I'm very name. fortunate in teaching at Yale because. Yale has a very uh, definite um, design program yeah, for, for graduate pro students who come and they take, uh, they can study all the sensibilities, mm -hmm. scenery, costume, lighting, sound, um, scenery, costume, lighting, sound. Thank you so much. I appreciate your talking to us. <laughs> We've talked for an hour. We have. Thank you. <laughs> we have been talking with the costume designer, Jane Greenwood. For the American Theatre Wing, I'm Pia Lindstrom. The American Theatre Wing's Guide to Careers in the Theatre is a project of the American Theatre Wing and the New York Public Library's Billy Rose Theatre Collection, Theatre on Film and Tape Archive.